Welcome to the Come to the Table podcast by Distortion Free. We are all about getting hungry for the things of God. The Bible says that all those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. So grab your coffee, maybe tea, possibly a snack, and meet me at the table. All right, thank you for listening to part two of the four appetites of life. Last episode, we talked about the appetite of your flesh. We talked about what we eat, sleeping, those sort of things. Next, we talked about the appetite of our eyes, what you're watching, um, the things that you see before you, your money, because that is a part of, I see it, I want it, I'm going to pay for it. So that's the desire of your eyes. Today in part two, we're going to start with the pride of life. This is the final uh, worldly carnal desire that we're going to talk about. The next one will be your spiritual desire. Um, So this is a huge, huge appetite that needs to be addressed. And it is honestly one of the most dangerous appetites that we have in our lives. And it's the easiest thing that will pull you away from the Lord. Um, When you look at King Solomon and what he wrote in the word of God, he, his major warning is the dangers of arrogance. In Proverbs 16, 18, it says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Um, The Bible also says that the Lord resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Pride is the very thing that caused the devil to be ejected out of heaven. He was so arrogant that he felt like he deserved all of the praise, all of the glory. In Luke 10... 18 it says i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven i saw a pastor one time talking about this and he gave just this perfect visual of what happened you know the devil got got so proud and so arrogant he was beautiful and he made beautiful music for the lord and and god created him that way And he created him to be so smart and so organized to be able to organize all of the worship up in heaven. And so he's doing this. And then he got proud and arrogant and thought, I'm so beautiful. I could take over the kingdom. I could rule. I deserve all of this praise. I deserve this this worship and this music sung unto me. And, And the Lord, he was smart enough to take a third of the angels in heaven with him to convince a third of the angels I should be in charge. And the Lord is so amazing and so powerful that he, just as if you were to take dice in your hand and cast them to the ground, the Lord cast the devil right out of heaven. And he fell like lightning. There was no second chances for him. He was promptly cut off. The enemy knows exactly what it is to be in the Lord's presence. He knows exactly what it is to have the peace of God. 
He knows exactly what it is to be in the glory of the Lord and the high and the joy that comes with that. That's why everything in this world is an attempt to imitate that. That peace that you get from alcohol, that's an imitation of the peace of God. It's light and momentary and is followed the next day by feeling terrible and even more anxiety than you had when you started. So that at the end of that day, you feel like, man, I need it again. I just need to feel that peace. That mind-numbing peace that you get from, from watching those shows or reading that book, that's an imitation of what God offers. And we see through what the devil did, the danger that comes from trying to take God's glory for ourselves. This is pride in its purest form. In Acts 12, 22 through 23, it says, And the people were shouting, The voice of God and not a man. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. A lot of times we don't see pride as pride. It's, it's a dangerous poison that gets in and poisons everything. We think it's common, that it's okay, it's just a little bit. But pride attracts the opposition of God. You have to clothe yourself in humility. That means it's intentional. You have to intentionally choose the clothes you're going to wear and put them on. You have to intentionally choose to be humble. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You choose to put on humility. We see it all throughout the Bible. If God is for you, who can be against you? But if God is your enemy, if you have enmity with God, which if you are prideful and you think you're so awesome, you think you're in control, you think you... Because of your job and your work, you are in charge of your life. You have enmity with God. God gives you the ability to work. He's given you the ability to have the talents that you have, to be good at whatever you have. God has given you that. You know, when you look at the Pharisees and everything that they did, they did the right thing. They were fasting. They were praying. They went through the, the motions of doing the right thing, doing what was in the word of God. But they were prideful. They believed because they did those things that they were so awesome. They looked down on other people. You're not doing it right. You're not doing this. They looked down on others. They're so awesome. You need to come to me. Look at what, look at the knowledge I have. Look at the wisdom I have. Look at what I'm doing. Because of that, Jesus rebuked them. God wants you to fast. He wants you to pray. He wants you to give your money to the kingdom. He wants you to do all those things. He wants you to follow and obey his commands. But he doesn't want you to get so proud, prideful in what you're doing that you're shouting it to the world, look at me, look at me. 
It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of heaven. They wanted to be seen. Everything they did, their fasting was to be seen. Their prayers were to be heard. Not by God, by man. In their pride, they came against God. Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. They looked holy, but they were dead and unclean on the inside. That's what pride does to you. You look holy. You look good. The things of your life look like they're in order. But inside you're dying. You're stressed out. You're worried. You're frustrated. You're angry. Nothing seems to be right. You're having such a hard time. You struggle. You're frustrated. In Matthew 4, 5 through 6, it says, Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He'll command his angels concerning you. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Satan will use scripture, he's quoting scripture, to get Jesus to fall, to be prideful in who Jesus was. If anyone had cause to be prideful, it was the Son of God, who very literally could have called 10,000 angels to come and save him. But that would have been pride for his life. That would have made it about Jesus and not about everyone he was saving. And the devil quoted scripture to get him to do it. He's not saying, so in that scripture, the enemy's quoting Psalm 91. You are protected. You have divine health. The enemy will try and trip you up and he will try and use the word. Did God really say That's his number one tactic, and it has been from the beginning of time. And he gets you with that because then it becomes about you. There are certain promises in the word of God that you get to stand on, not because of you, not because you're so awesome, not because you're so good, you're so holy, you're so pure, But because God is good, God is holy, God is pure, and God is living on the inside of you. You stand on the word, but it's not only for you. If I stand on the word and I walk in divine health, but I don't ever share about it, I don't ever share that that I'm not special. It's not because I'm so cool and I'm so good and I'm so pure that I can cast out devils. So you need to come to me to have the devil cast out of you. No. It's not about me. My goal is not to have you dependent on me. My goal is to help you see Jesus for what he did and know he's no respecter of persons. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you because it's not about me. It's about the Lord. So divine health is yours. Divine um, power, the power of the Holy Spirit is yours. Getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire is for you. 
It's for everyone who wants it, who believes it. The magnitude of the temptation to become prideful because of all the promises and the blessings that the Lord pours out is huge. It's huge. And it can be devastating to you. Imagine how many people have had their lives destroyed by pride. Pride is one of the biggest attacks of the devil. And it has to be avoided at all costs. You have to fight hard against it. And, And in scripture, time after time, fasting was used as a method by God's people to humble themselves. And it still serves that same purpose today. The easiest way to humble yourself before the Lord is to fast. Putting your flesh into subjection and saying, you are not in control, flesh. The spirit is in control. I'm yielding all the desires of my body, of my eyes, of my ears, I'm turning off the world, I'm turning off the natural appetites, and I'm turning up the spiritual appetite. Romans 8.14, the Spirit of God knows what you need before you need it. That's why it's so important to rely on the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you dedicate yourself to fasting and prayer, you're tuning in to the frequency of heaven. You're tuning in to what the Lord wants, not what you want, not your fleshly desires, not where you want to go. You are not the main character in this story. It's not about you. It's not about, well, I really like the tropical, so I'm going to go live there. No, it's about Lord. Where do you have planned for me to live? If you tune, if you're constantly tuning back in to the Lord and what he has for you, you will live a constantly victorious life. Going from glory to glory, getting brighter and brighter. The path, Proverbs 4.18, the path of righteousness shines brighter and brighter. And then lastly, this leads us into the desires of the spirit. Fasting humbles yourself, your flesh, your your fleshly desires, the desires of your eyes, your pride. It humbles you and it heightens that hunger for God. You tune in to the frequency of heaven. You're listening to what the Lord has for you. The desires of your natural human state come into agreement with the desires of the Holy Spirit. John G. Lake is an amazing, amazing, amazing man of God. He saw so many miracles in his ministry. And he said that if he could impart one quality to the body of Christ, it would be spiritual hunger. In Matthew 5, 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Your filling is based on hunger. When you hunger and thirst for the things of God, you shall be filled. 
your hunger and thirst is what causes that infilling. Are you seeking after the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire? Your hunger is what propels that. And if you say, Sarah, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm getting in the word. I don't understand. I'm asking. I want it. It's just not happening. Get hungrier. How do I do that? Get in your word more. Fast. Pray more. Set aside more time for the Lord. Well, I have a life to live. Okay, wake up earlier. Go to bed later. You decide. This is where I was talking in in part one. It takes discipline. In order to build your spiritual hunger, you have to discipline your fleshly desires. You have to discipline yourself. If you want more of God, you have to decide. I'm going to have more of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Uh, Having a hunger and a thirst for the things of God will make you do things that you never imagined. Never imagined. The hunger for the Lord is what causes you to step out in boldness. God, I want more of you. Faith without deeds is dead. If you have faith that you're going to have more of God, if you have faith that the the spirit of the Lord is going to walk through you and, and you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover, but you don't ever lay hands on anyone because you're afraid of, well, what if... What if it doesn't happen? They're going to think I'm crazy. It's not your job to make it happen. You are a conduit for the power of God. But if you don't ever step out and say, God wants you healed, can I lay hands on you? The Bible says to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You're not boasting in you or your power. That's pride. I don't lay hands on the sick because I can heal anybody. I lay hands on the sick because I know Jesus wants them healed. God wants them to be healed. And so if somebody is sick, I'm going to lay hands on them. And I'm going to tell them, this is what the word says about you being healed. When you, in your natural flesh, the more you eat, the hungrier you'll be. And it sounds silly, but, but it's true. If you eat a lot, then you're going to want to, your body naturally adapts and, and wants to keep eating that same amount, right? It's the same in the spirit. When you eat spiritually, you want more. The more you put the natural desires to the side and partake of the things of God, listening to anointed preaching, reading your word, having your own relationship with God, then the hungrier you're going to be spiritually. The more you're going to realize, man, I want the things of God. Psalm 119, 103 says, how sweet are your words to my taste? Sweeter than honey to my mouth. 
the more you partake of the word of God, the more you're going to want it. Studying it, understanding what the word's saying. If you don't, if you don't have a study Bible or your study Bible, you're like, meh, it's okay. Um, I strongly, 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 I can't recommend it enough, is the Dake Annotated Reference Bible. I love it. It's one of the best study Bibles I've ever had. He was such an anointed man of God. And the Lord gave him this supernatural ability to memorize the word of God. Like the word of God. Okay? It's incredible. And he takes his hours upon hours of study and revelation from the Lord and puts it all down in the word for you. It's incredible. I highly suggest getting one. Invest in it. It's worth it. And when you see the side effects of studying the word of God and getting revelation from the word of God, your appetite will grow. Your spirit will be strengthened. Your hunger will deepen. Your thirst will become more and more and more. The Bible says that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That comes through your thirst and your hunger. When you, when you are so open to the flow of the Holy Spirit, it flows right out of you. But if, if you're all, if you're like a dam, the Hoover Dam, and you're all blocked up, there's no water flowing through you. None. But if you're continually putting the word of God in you, you're continually praying, you're, you're, you're in a lifestyle of fasting. You have, you have discipline in your life for the things of God. Then it just flows, flows right out of you, right out of you continually flowing you know there's this hole that every human being has that the world tries to fill with drugs alcohol sex lust possessions all these things that the world tries and fills this hole this want this need because we're created to want and need god we're created for that so even as Christians, whatever you feel like you're lacking, like, man, I'm just so, I, I'm so worried. I don't have peace. I'm struggling. I'm stressed every day. I'm, I'm easily angered with my kids. I just, it's so frustrating. It's because you have this need for more of the things of God. It can only be filled by God. Because he created it to be there. We need the Lord. At all times. In everything. The Bible says to pray continually. Why? Because you continually need the Lord. In everything. Be, and that's not like you need to continually be put up in your room. And praying and holier than thou and whatever that is. No, you need to be in a lifestyle of prayer. I'm constantly talking to the Lord throughout my day. Lord, this daughter that you gave me, I need you to help me and lead me and guide me because I'm not exactly sure how to handle this. But you know, what do I do? It's continual, continual. It always has to be, Lord, what do you want? 
Man does not live on bread alone, but lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Everything. We can't live life. If you're trying to do life without the leading and guidance of the Lord in every single aspect. Lord, how do I be a good wife today? What does my husband need today in this moment? Every day. Because his needs are different every day. Your needs are different every day. Different things happen and I need different things from my husband. Lord, this is what I need. Please tell my husband so that I'm not nagging him. Lord, what does my husband need today that I can fill? Every day. Lord, what do my children need today? What do they need to hear out of my mouth? What do my kids want today that I can fulfill? Every day. And listening. Listening to the Lord. Asking questions. Listening to the Lord. Galatians 5.16. But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you're constantly asking the Lord, what do I do for this person? What do I do for my kids? Lord, what I, I, I have this, this want, but I don't exactly know what it is. What is it, Lord? What do I need to do today? What do I need to change today? You know, I, I, a while ago, in the beginning of my marriage, I read The Power of a Praying Wife. And it was good. And one thing stuck with me to this day that I continually walk out is in any relationship, but especially in the relationship with your spouse, it's not about them changing. If you're continually saying, Lord, I need my husband to do this. Lord, I need you. I need you to tell him, tell him, Lord. But it's never about you humbling yourself and changing. Then there will always be an issue in that relationship. Always. You need to continually be walking by the spirit. Okay, Holy Spirit. What's off? What do I need to change? In everything, in your life, if you're just like, man, I just feel so unstable right now. I feel like everything's chaos around me. Okay, Lord, what do I need to change? What do I need to eliminate out of my life? What do I need to bring in to my life? Do I need to get up an hour earlier to spend time with you? Done. Alarm set. Do I, what, what do I need to do? Where's the last thing you asked me to do that I did not obey? Because I'm, I'm going to obey. Because if you're walking in disobedience, if the Lord asked you to do something or to implement something or to take something out of your life and you're not obeying, then that's when, just like the story with Peter, there the disciples are going across the lake. Jesus comes walking on water. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, call me out. I shared this in the last part. And Jesus says, bet, let's go. It's me. Come walk on the water. And he gets out of the boat and starts walking on water. And his focus changes and he starts sinking. When you take your life and your focus and your habits and everything you do every day, and and it just gets off kilter a little bit, you start sinking into the habits of the world. You start sinking into the mindsets of the world. And as a stay-at-home mom, um, 
the mindset of the world is your kids frustrate you. Your kids are annoying. Your kids are loud. Your kids are constantly fighting and it drives you crazy and you need a glass of wine. Like mama needs wine to handle this. That's, that's the thoughts of the world. But when you listen to the Holy Spirit, my kids are crazy. They're fighting. They're frustrated. Lord, what do we need to do? Okay, they need extra time with you. Just play with them. Okay. Do I like playing Barbies? No. Do I enjoy them playing with my hair? Sometimes. But when they're ripping my hair out in an effort to make me look pretty, it hurts. It hurts. But sometimes that's what they need. Do they need to have a conversation with me? Do we need to spend some time in family prayer? Lord, do we need to get into the word together? What do we need to have this household run smoothly and peacefully? The Lord knows what I need, what my children need, what my husband needs before we have need of it. He already knows that we need it. So why wouldn't I consult him and ask him, what do we need? Why, why are we in chaos right now? He will tell you. The Bible says if you need wisdom, ask. Bishop Oyedepo says if you are not prayerful, you'll be sinful. If you're not continually in that lifestyle of prayer, you will sink into the habits of the world, which lead to sin. Period. You have to feed your spiritual appetite. It's, it all plays so much together. What your eyes see, what your ears hear, becomes what your mouth speaks. And what your mouth speaks creates life or death. Your fleshly desires are huge. The desires of your eyes are huge. The desire of of pride can be devastating. You have to work diligently to walk in the opposite way of all of that. And that's getting in your word. That's praying. Walking by the spirit at all times. That is how you gain spiritual hunger. The hungrier you are for the things of God, the easier it is to ignore the fleshly desires and go after the spirit. The easier it is to not need that entertainment. The easier it is to not be prideful because you understand where it all comes from. Walk by the spirit continually. So Those are the four desires. You have your fleshly desire, the desires of your eyes, the pride of life, and your spiritual hunger. And of those four things, if you focus on the Lord, the word of God, praying, fasting, doing the things of God to humble yourself and connect with the Lord, you will build your hunger And you will walk in the things of God. That's how you overcome the four appetites. That's how you overcome spiritual uh, starvation. That's how you overcome the spiritual dehydration. 
discipline. You have to have discipline in your life. Self-discipline is one of the fruits of the spirit. So if you are lacking in it, Lord, help me. And he will. He will help you. He will lead you. He will guide you. Lord, what, what is the first step? What's the first thing I need to take out of my life right now? What's the first thing I need to stop doing? And what's the first thing I need to start doing? You replace a habit. If you're watching TV for an hour every night, watch something different. Watch preaching. Watch something else. Fill your eyes, your ears, and your soul, your spirit with godly things. And out of that, a hunger, a deeper hunger for the things of God will come. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to connect with our ministries, you can do so at distortionfreeministries.com. Attach everything in your life to the things of God. Everything. Your money, your time, your heart, your thoughts, your entertainment. Attach it all to the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Have an incredible day. Thank you for listening. This podcast is part of Distortion Free Ministries. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Distortion Free, or you can go to our website, distortionfreeministries.com. If you would like to be a part of what we're doing, you can go to the Give tab and financially make yourself a partner with the things that God's doing through our ministry. We love you, and we'll see you next time at the table.